0: Hey everyone, it's Erica
1: and Christian Raphael.
0: And we'd like to welcome you to Our Backpack, the podcast where we give you the tools
1: to support your personal and professional journey.
0: Hey everyone. Welcome back to our backpack. Woo! <laughs> Y'all just gotta go with it like I be going with it, because y'all be confused, I'm confused. But
1: you secretly are confused and still love it, right? Yeah. Great. Just like my text messages with my baes. <laughs> confused, still love them.
0: Well, I have a question. I think this is a good segue in today's Ooh. topic. Yeah. When's the last time you made a new friend? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you slapped them. It's our, it's our topic
1: When you say friend
0: I mean a genuine friend A real one
1: I mean all my friends are real um, Gosh I guess the last time I made a new friend Okay define a friend Like someone who I'm texting Someone who I'm hanging out with In terms of um, recreational sports Video games Christian I know um, It's been a while It's been a minute <laughs> I That was just me trying to create buffer time. Okay. It's been a while since I made, like, an actual friend outside of work. But I recently just moved to Navy Yard. And the reason why I chose the complex that I did is because they have not only because of the view and the amenities, but because uh. And let
0: me tell you something. There's some nice amenities.
1: Yeah. Cardi B. Sorry, Cardi. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> There, the reason why I chose this place was because of the social atmosphere that they said that they promoted, which was wine tasting, um, cooking classes, yoga, working out sessions. And so I hope that I make a friend, but yeah. I mostly only have work friends and the friends I've already made. So I suck at that apartment. mm
0: mm-hmm. I think the most recent new friends that I've also made have been through work because I think that's where we spend most of our time and so it's either like you find a friend at work or "Mm, you're friendless.
1: And being friendless absolutely sucks which kind of leads to our topic title today which is no you cannot add me on Facebook. Yeah. And it seems like a topic that most people are now talking about in terms of social media and the workplace. But when we're talking about the bonds we're creating at work, it's important to understand and acknowledge that there's a difference between work friends and friends at work. Facts. And so for today's episode, we're going to break it up into three different areas. One is focusing on you and what it means for you when you're adding people on social media and on your handles who are your professional colleagues to others. So what do others, others as in your colleagues and peers, what do they understand in terms of in engaging with you and your work media, your work and your media? And then lastly, it's understanding perceptions. And perceptions, has an impact in the workplace whether we like it or not and social media has a great influence over how people perceive us so let me kick it off and let's talk about you as a person as a human being and if you have colleagues where you do not feel comfortable adding on your social media handles for whatever reason just say no and that is okay you do not need to provide them with a reason, an explanation, a documentary, a bibliography, a research report on why you're saying no. You can just leave them there on the waiting to confirm. And the reason why is because there needs to be a level of respect when it comes to your boundaries. And yes, I'm saying your boundaries and other boundaries with when it comes to your colleagues. So for me, when it comes to my personal handle, yeah, I have a section on Instagram where I people need to request to follow me because on my personal Instagram, I, I only want close people on that Instagram handle. I do have another Instagram handle that I use for everything else, but that's me creating boundaries on what I want to share with others and what I don't. And it's weird to say boundaries on social media because not everyone has access to everything, right? Yeah. Uh, but... When it comes to the workplace, you can create those boundaries to say, no, I don't want my boss to follow me on Instagram or Facebook or on Twitter. And no, I don't want to share this information. But also, yes, if you feel comfortable sharing that information in your handles for other people, feel empowered to do so. Creating boundaries isn't being rude and or being selfish. It's letting people know what you feel comfortable with. So, at the end of the day, it's your choice, and people need to respect your choice when it comes to adding them.
0: Yeah, and like your social media is like your personal space and like how you're choosing to showcase yourself in your life. Mm -hmm. And your boss and your like peers at work don't need access to that. Like, Mm -hmm. that's a special part of you. Like, for example, Think of Beyonce. <laughs> you only know about Beyonce's personal life when she decides to sell it to you. Outside of that, you are not getting access to Beyonce's life uh-huh. for free. And you don't have to give anyone access to your life for free if you just don't feel like it.
1: Um, uh-huh.
0: And it's important to just like have that like differentiation. Like if you're saying like, "Hey, there are certain people at work I want to follow." Well, I want to have access to me because they're more than just Work friends, they're friends that I also happen to work with. That's a distinction that you can take for yourself, mm-hmm. right? And it's about having an understanding of, on your team of who should have access to you in that way and who can't, and who you feel like will respect that space and won't take it into you and take it as a reflection of you as a professional and who is just not there and who's ready to actually handle it. Because Mm -hmm. everyone can't handle seeing you outside of a professional space. Mm -hmm. And that even goes like beyond social media and goes at the company party. Uh Are you the people at the company party that are gonna take access? We're gonna take advantage of the open bar? I'm not gonna lie. That's been me.
1: (laughs) I've been missing out.
0: Well, not at this department because we never have open bars here.
1: Makes sense. Not
0: the way that we flow. (laughs) But I mean just (laughs) But just in general, like making sure that you save pieces of you simply for you and you don't have to be worried in those spaces about how you appear and how you come off is like super important. Mm -hmm. And that definitely leads into the other section of if someone's basically telling you, No, you can't have access to me in the space, like don't take it personally. Um, make sure you take it professionally. Mm -hmm. Because there are probably several reasons as to why that person doesn't want you having access to your life. On those channels, people show pictures of their family, they show pictures of their friends. If we don't know previous histories, people could have worked with people that stalked them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) People could have been put in uncomfortable positions based on the way that they um, were showcasing their lives on social media and ultimately decided to opt out of that. And so if you're ever in the position where someone's like, hey, I don't want you to have access to me in that way. Like, it might suck, but you also have to learn how to respect that and make peace with that. Mm-hmm. Because while someone might choose to be friendly with you at work, for them, that relationship exists within the context of work. And they're choosing not to take it outside of that framework. Mm-hmm. And that's not personal. That's just their own boundaries. Mm-hmm. And boundaries dictate us understanding that we are ready to say no, but we are also ready to receive no. Mm-hmm. That's, like, a two-way relationship, and it has to be symbiotic. It has to work for both
1: of us. Mm-hmm. Used to watch the show on MTV called Awkward. I think it was a reflection. Loved Awkward. Loved Awkward. Loved it. It, it was reminded
0: a, me of Astro by Ginger.
1: Yes. Yes, very much so. hmm And I... And one of the characters would always say DTR. And... I went in I put it in this these notes for this week because when it comes to work you do need it DTR stands for because acronyms matter <laughs> defining the relationship <laughs> and so you do need to define the relationship when it comes to your work colleagues and and or your friends at work mm-hmm. and understand what does it mean if let's say me and Erica just became good friends we're tailgating, I vomit on her, and then we go to the office the next day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Sure, I might feel shitty, or I might feel like it was a great night of my life. Yeah. But I think oftentimes, more than not, we find ourselves in these spaces where it, there's a blend of our personal and our professional, and it's our responsibilities as grown adults to help define what that relationship is and create those boundary boundaries when appropriate. Yeah.
0: Especially when you live where you work and you move um, for a job. Like, when you become an RD, you live on campus. And if you move to that area, probably the only people you know are your colleagues. Um, And I think, for me, one of the biggest tests of friendship is, would I be your friend if I didn't have to work with you? If I didn't keep seeing you in this space Uh and you weren't a constant in my life, would I choose for you to be here? And would I create this space for you? Would I continue devoting time and energy for us creating our relationship? I think one of the things that's cool about me and Christian is that me and Christian worked together for probably like two years before we really started like talking and like hanging out Mm -hmm. on our own. Like that's something that we started doing like maybe September of last year. Yeah. Yeah, and we had been working together for a while. And it's crazy because when I got here, people were like, we totally want to introduce you to Christian because he's from the Bronx too. Um, (laughs) Us both being from the Bronx did not mean (laughs) that we were just going to... pop off and like be friends. Like, it wasn't gonna necessarily like, work like that, yeah. despite what people thought. I don't know if it was because we both have curly hair. I, like, to be honest, like, you know, I'm not really gonna go too deep into that, but basically like, you're not just gonna <laughs> become friends with someone because of people assuming your shared identity should bring you together. It right. should be authentic. And so we were able to authentically get together oh. over things we could agree on, you're drinks right. after work, and (laughs) supporting each other in an environment of change and like having a person to go to um none of that is forced though and that's all by choice Mm -hmm. and that's what makes having the relationship easier but i think sometimes in these higher ed spaces where people are just like want to be super friendly want to be super touchy feely and want to be all up in your personal it can be very hard when you have like an opposite personality where like mm-hmm. you're one of those people who want space especially in many of these departments that are set up to feel like family like it can mm-hmm. make you an outsider and mm-hmm. you can end up feeling this pressure that you have to want to participate in your um, department in that way out of fear of being ostracized or missing out on opportunities because because of your personality style and the way you want to show up at work you can't go to happy hour right you can't sit at lunch with people right because if you're not on the in crowd and you're not willing to participate in this way people just don't know how to view you It can be very hard navigating company culture in that way when it comes to bonding and friendships
1: yeah and i appreciate you saying that erica because even for so like in my mind i think about two groups of people i think of the people who've had to Who've been rejected from company culture and just mm-hmm. can't fit in, but then I think about those who have to assimilate and have to show that they're drinking the Kool-Aid. They part of the they're part of the culture. They're ride and die, and they're actually not. But they have to present that way just to successfully navigate. Yeah. And so, I mean, it sucks because at that point they're already defining the relationship the way they are, but sometimes it's out of necessity.
0: Yeah. Like, and that's hard. Like, how do you stay true to yourself when you feel like fitting in is the only way to really move forward in the department? That is tough.
1: Yeah. And especially recognizing that for some departments, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah. How you move up. That's that's rough.
0: Yeah. So saying hello to all the people that are currently navigating that space. Um, and trying to figure it out for themselves um, I know definitely in the department that I'm in now that's something that I try to figure it out for me it was more so like navigating that space along um, the color line and how race and identity played into that and the people I was willing to I guess extend myself for and the people mm-hmm. that I felt comfortable around and so I didn't get ostracized out of spaces because I didn't necessarily make friends with the people who held identities that were closer to what leadership looked like mm-hmm. um, navigating that was hard but I think for me I given my background and what I've experienced as someone who's been at predominantly white institutions before, I was in a way prepared for that. And in certain ways, I wasn't looking to be included. And I recognized that if I was going to try and learn about things, I'd have to understand certain spaces, but not necessarily, for lack of a better term right now, create a home there. Like I'd have to, like at a PWI, learn how to navigate um, white spaces but know that that probably that wasn't going to be where i mostly looked for my community and so i already had my boundary set up on how i would navigate that um and it is just about knowing like how far you are willing to go within your Mm -hmm. department and your company culture um And realizing that when you tell people, no, like, I don't want to do certain things, you are not responsible for how people respond and react to your no. Everybody you work with is grown. Everybody has to process emotional management. Mm. It's not your job to protect people from hard feelings at work. And that might be crazy to think because you're like, these are the people I work with. These are the people that control, like, whether or not I'm able to move up. Well, they don't have that much power and control over you they don't control every aspect of how you far you're able to advance in your career Uh uh you are allowed to say no and allow Uh them to deal with those emotions on their own that's part of adulting and they will get over it but don't compromise yourself in the way that you know you seek to create friendships Uh um, just to get ahead in the company culture because it will probably turn around about you in the butt in the end, <laughs> because it'll be something that you have to continue to keep up with over and over again. Mm-hmm. I mean, every day will be a form of you denying yourself just to fit in, and you'll hate it there.
1: Yeah. 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 And <laughs> I think Eric was one of the few people who know this, aside from my mom and my other best friend in Chicago, but... Sometimes in the workplace, you feel like you have to be friends with everyone to be successful. And there will come to a point in time where friendships really won't matter because what matters is you and the life that you're trying to live. And the reason why I say that is because um, for, for me, I recognize that the work that I was doing, no matter how many opportunities were being presented to me, One was not the work that I was doing that I wanted to do, but then two, when it came to my friends that were close to me, um, it wasn't my job to hold them up. And what I mean by that is to do their job. And I came to recognize that, you know, what that and other and other few variables that the job that I thought that I wanted was not the job for me. And most importantly, that you always have a choice, right? Like you have a choice to identify who are your friends at work and who you let in on your social media handles and who you grow to learn with Mm
0: -hmm. but you
1: also have a choice to recognize that if that environment for you is for you and so for me I recognized that like I knew what my choices were and one of my choices was resigning and absolutely because I knew that friendships while they're important they're not everything to me and that when it comes to the workspace, while well, yes, I care about my friends and I care about uplifting them, I also care about who's producing the products. And if if it's one-sided on me, then that's not equitable. And so just keeping in mind that you always have a choice when it comes to these things, when it comes to the social, the personal, and the professional. Maybe adding people on social media handles, maybe navigating the workplace, or navigating how to manage the workload but you at the end of the day, do have a choice on how you choose to follow up with that yeah which kind of leads to our last point which is perception and it it's hard for me to say this but i i know it's absolutely true that when it comes to perceptions it's We're never, ever truly unbiased to situations, right? Yeah. Um, I think I shared this in an earlier episode, but for me, when it came to, it was time away. When it came to people who took time away, there was just something like ingrained in me that got very frustrated when people were either teleworking and or taking additional time away. Even though I knew philosophically and ethically, that was absolutely okay. Mm -hmm. There was something about hearing other people take time away that frustrated me. And so I use that example because it's important to understand that when we're trying to understand other people through social media handles, if it's someone that we've had a great relationship with, someone that we haven't had the best relationship with, Mm -hmm. seeing what they're posting may trigger us to feel a certain way yeah, good or bad right and so just keeping in mind that when if you do have the opportunity to be added to someone's social media handles or and or to engage in those types of platforms remembering that we're never truly unbiased and how our biases can show up will look different
0: yeah um And also taking that from the other side, like be mindful of your image and be mindful of what you post, especially if you're going to have people from work following you. You shouldn't have to like censor yourself. But in an age where everything is accessible and people can find you, um, you want to make sure that you're not misrepresenting yourself, because that will um, impact your reputation. (laughs) And it ultimately will impact your career and your livelihood like you see that right now, like with cancel culture. Um, And even cancel culture, (laughs) I think it's like a very interesting way to name it because we were talking about canceling people when the reality is that we're just trying to hold people accountable. It's at the end of the day is that you will be held accountable for what you post on your social media platform, whether it's something you felt or you believed like years before that, um, things do follow you. And so, remember that Um, and before you even apply for a job like just do a social media scan Mm -hmm. and check out what you have on there is everything on there reflective of you and things that you can stand Mm -hmm. by whether your company stands by it or not like can you honestly say like this is you and a good representation of you Um, whether or not someone saw it you would feel some type of way or you wouldn't feel like it is you because then there's a mismanagement of how you're putting yourself out there Mm -hmm. and you always have power and control over that Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Um. And Erica and I are gonna do in a future episode, a episode on self branding, right? Mm-hmm. Of how do you brand yourself in in the field or organization that you're working for. But one small tip to leave in terms of this bucket of perception, I advise or we advise y'all to look at the people who are leading the field and have an instagram who has who have a facebook a twitter you name it and see what they're posting right um especially those who are able to balance this dichotomy between personal and professional see how they're navigating it right you know is it all work is it all family is it a blend of both and that can give you some insight of how some people balance the personal and the professional but at the end of the day just keep in mind that as everything's so accessible that you should still be true and authentic to who you are, but just always know every action has an impact and every inaction has an impact.
0: Yeah. Even if that means you wanna create a finsta or a fake Insta yes. or you wanna delete some of your like social media because you no longer feel like what's on it is your Represents you like you're always free to rebrand yourself. You're always free to remake your image Mm -hmm. and You're always able to take accountability for the things that you said and done in the past especially things that could have caused harm to people and Move forward like yes part of moving forward is having Those people um, forgive you but also part of moving forward is forgiving yourself That's, That's the first part of it and so just being mindful of who you are and who you were in the past and how you're now representing yourself is important.
1: Absolutely. And so to just go over the, la- the three points that we made in this episode, number one, focus on you. And so if someone's trying to add you on social media, on whatever handle, understand that one, if you want them to be added, click Yes. But if not, just say no. And you do not need to provide them with the context. All you need to do is respect your own boundaries. And if they ask and you feel comfortable with sharing with them, then share with them why you didn't add them. But at the end of the day, it's your choice, and others need to respect your choice when it comes to your own handles. Yeah. Number two is others. So when you're thinking of others in relation to your social media handles, DTR, thank you, Awkward. (laughs) <laughs> define the relationship. So, what does it mean when you have work colleagues and or colleagues, work colleagues or friends who are your colleague, friends who are? Hold on, backtrack. Work colleagues or colleagues at the workplace. Mm-hmm. How does that show up? How do you hold each other accountable? But when you blend in social media, how? What is your relationship in in regards to all those things? And then. Also remembering that if someone doesn't wanna add you, to don't take that personally, but take that professionally. And then lastly, when it comes to perceptions, just remember that one, when we start looking at people's photos and the way they're navigating life, that it's sometimes hard for us to truly remain unbiased to situations. But on the other side of that, be mindful of what you post. Misinterpretation can lead to reputation, and reputation has an impact on careers and impact on livelihoods. And lastly, when looking at social media handles, look at those who you aspire to become. What are they posting? How are they balancing social and professional? And is that a path that you want to take? And if not, that is okay.
0: Well, thank y'all for listening to this episode of our Backpack. We hope you found some tools to take on your journey. See you next week.
1: Peace.